I'm Kenna. I'm Coel. Why do I say it like that? I don't know. <laughs> Welcome back to Diagnosing a Killer Mental Breakdown. Mental Breakdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mental Breakdown. Mental Breakdown. Oh, I like that. You should keep that. Mental Breakdown. Mental Breakdown. very excited to say that I have not had anxiety in two days. Oh, great. Which feels like a lifetime for me. Yeah. Um, I went to my therapy appointment that we talked about in the last mental breakdown, and mm-hmm. it went really well. Good. I'm and glad. I'm very optimistic for mm-hmm. this new chapter and this new outlook on mental health. So I'm excited about that for myself. That's really cool. So we are going to be talking about... Drum roll. Depressive disorder. Ooh. Uh, specifically, melancholic depressive disorder. Okay. But just kind of depressive depressive disorder in general. Just all around depression. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sounds um, like me every day. Right. The prevalence of depression disorder is very common. There's more than 3 million United States cases per year. So toddlers from three to five years is very rare. Children, I would think so. Right? So <laughs> They have meltdowns all the time. Well, they do, but for other reasons. <laughs> well, dep- you know, depressive disorder is yeah. very, very um, That's interesting. complex. So from children uh, six to 13 years, it's common. Teenagers 14 to 18 is very common and literally from there up, very common uh, between young adults, adults, yeah. and seniors. Um, I feel like it should be most common for seniors because I, yeah. it is very, very right. Prevalent. Especially when you you know you start you stop going out as much and you don't have as many friends as you used to yeah. and you know and yeah. Now I'm going to be talking <clears throat> about major depressive disorder first. Mm. So just a quick overview. Um, if you're not aware of how depressive disorder works. Uh, Depression is a mood disorder that causes a persistent feeling of sadness and loss of interest. Also called major depressive disorder or clinical depression, it affects how you feel, think, and behave and can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems. You may have trouble doing normal day-to-day activities and sometimes you may feel as if life isn't worth living, which is a really shitty feeling. Yeah. Uh, So it's more than just a bout of the blues. Depression isn't a weakness and you simply can't, quote, snap out of it. Depression may require long-term treatment, but most people with depression feel better with medication, psychotherapy, or both. Mm-hmm. Now, here are some symptoms of depression. Although depression may only occur once during your life, people typically have multiple episodes, and during these episodes, symptoms occur most of the day, nearly every day, and may include feeling of sadness, tearfulness, emptiness, or hopelessness, angry outburst, irritability, or frustration, even over small things, loss of interest or pleasure in most or all normal activities such as sex, hobbies, or sports, sleep disturbances, including insomnia or sleeping too much, tiredness and lack of energy, so even small tasks take extra effort, reduced appetite and weight loss or increased cravings for food and weight gain, anxiety, agitation, or restlessness, slowed thinking, speaking, or body movements, feeling of worthlessness or guilt, or fixating on past failures or self-blame, Trouble thinking, concentrating, making decisions, and remembering things. Frequent or recurrent thoughts of death, suicidal thoughts, suicide attempts, um, and unexplained physical problems such as back pain or headaches, which I did not know was part of depression. That's a lot of that's a lot of things that I feel like everybody has yeah. experienced one or more of those things. <laughs> I was like, bro, why do you life? call me out like that? <laughs> 
now, for many people with depression, symptoms usually are severe enough to cause noticeable problems in day-to-day activities, such as work, school, social activities, or relationships. Uh, some people may feel generally miserable or unhappy without really knowing why. Yeah. Um, so, you know, pre- depression is one of those things where I feel like it's another term that's really loosely thrown around. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just depressed or, like, whatever. Yeah. But depression, like, clinical depression and depressive disorder is, like, extreme. I mean, we've seen a firsthand case of it. Extreme to the point where you can't even get out of bed to do mm-hmm. things. And it's a, the helplessness is the, or the hopelessness is the the kicker. You know? Right. Because it now, just doesn't sorry. make you even, like, want to get up. It doesn't make you exactly. want to do anything about it, either. Exactly. And you feel like shit for not doing anything right. about it. Right. That's a cycle. Vicious one. Now, depression symptoms actually differ in teens than they do in adults. So I'm yeah. going to kind of explain the differences in okay. the symptoms for teen- children and teens and then adults. So common signs and symptoms of depression in children and teenagers are similar, but there can be some differences. So in younger children, symptoms of depression may include sadness, irritability, clinginess, worry, aches and pains, refusing to go to school, or being underweight. Clinginess. That's interesting to me. right? And in teens, symptoms may include sadness, irritability, feeling negative and worthless, anger, poor performance, or poor attendance at school, feeling misunderstood and extremely sensitive, Using recreational drugs or alcohol, eating or sleeping too much, self-harm, loss of interest in normal activities, and avoidance of social interaction. Again, I just feel like those, like, that was just high school. (laughs) Yeah. For me, I mean, I never went to school. Like, I, yeah. And I think that's the difference in, like, the children. They don't have the, the cognitive thought about morbidity. Yeah. And so they don't. Think it to. manifests in different ways. Exactly. Yeah. In adults, the depression symptoms are a little bit different. Depression is not a normal part of growing older, and it should never be taken lightly. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, depression often goes undiagnosed and untreated in older adults, and they may feel reluctant to seek help. So symptoms of depression in older adults uh, that may be, they may be different or less obvious, such as memory difficulties or personality changes, physical aches or pain, fatigue, Loss of appetite, sleep problems, or loss of interest in sex not caused by a medical condition or medication. Often wanting to stay at home rather than going out and socializing or doing new things. And suicidal thinking or feelings, especially in older men. Older white males are actually the most uh, common person that will commit suicide yeah. in, in America. And that's um, because of social status of and course. social pressure, right? Yes. So, and it says, when to see a doctor. If you feel depressed, make an appointment to see your doctor or mental health professional as soon as you can. If you're reluctant to seek treatment, talk to a friend or loved one, any healthcare professional, a faith leader, or someone you trust. Mm. Now, there are um, a bunch of different things that can or are thought to cause depression, but it's not known exactly what causes it, actually. Um, as with many mental disorders, a variety of factors may be involved, such as biological differences. So people with depression appear to have physical changes in their brains, hmm. like we were talking about that frontal lobe. Yeah. The significance of these changes is still uncertain, but may eventually help pinpoint causes. Brain chemistry. So neurotransmitters are naturally occurring brain chemicals. Of course, they play a role. Um, recent research indicates that changes in the function and effect of these neurotransmitters and how they interact with neurocircuits involved in maintaining mood stability may play a significant role in depression and even the treatment of depression. Hmm. Now, hormones is another thing. So changes in the body's balance of hormones may be involved in causing or triggering depression. Hormone changes can result with pregnancy and during the weeks or months after delivery, mm-hmm. commonly known as postpartum depression, right. and from thyroid problems, menopause, or a number of other conditions. Hmm. And lastly, inherited traits, like we said uh, in the last couple of <laughs> mental breakdowns, um, 
you can be predisposed to develop a yeah, mental disorder that includes genealogy. depression. Yeah. Depression is more common in people whose blood relatives also have this condition. Researchers are trying to find genes that may be involved in causing depression. Hmm. These are some risk factors um, that could trigger developing depression. So depression often begins in the teens, 20s, or 30s, but it can happen at any age. More women than men are diagnosed with depression, but mm. this may be due in part because women are more likely to seek treatment than men for di- for depression. Oh, I see. So they're so, like more likely to be recorded as far as the statistic? Yes. So okay. I, it's saying that it's probably equal for the possibility of developing it, mm-hmm. but men, men won't, you won't know as much because they won't seek treatment. Yeah. Factors that seem to increase the risk of developing or triggering depression include certain personality traits, such as low self-esteem and being too dependent, self-critical, or pessimistic, traumatic or stressful events, such as physical or sexual abuse, the death or loss of a loved one, a difficult relationship, or financial problems, uh, blood relatives with a history of depression, bipolar disorder, alcoholism, or suicide. So we're both going to get depression. What I'm saying I mean, so literally... Every American. Literally. Anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, I feel like everyone gets depression. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that's not far-fetched. Mm-hmm. Like when we talked about OCD. Yeah. I think the reason that people use it or maybe throw it around, uh, you know, and maybe a, in either a joking manner or whatever is because it is so prevalent. Yeah. That Everyone goes through bouts of depression. Everyone can relate to that Everyone feeling. can relate to that feeling. It's easy to say. Yeah. So moving on with the risk factors, um, being lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender, or having variations in the development of genital organs that aren't clearly male or female, which is commonly referred to as intersex, in an unsupportive situation. So people in the LGBTQ plus community are very, very vulnerable to yes. developing depression, yes. especially if people in their life don't. Um, yeah understand or they don't want to be supportive um history of other mental health disorders such as anxiety disorder eating disorders or post-traumatic stress disorder alcohol abuse of alcohol or recreational drugs serious or chronic illness including cancer stroke chronic pain or heart disease Mm -hmm. and certain medications actually uh some high blood pressure medications or sleeping pills can put you at risk for developing depression now there are some complications that come with depression of course mm-hmm. i would say comorbidity probably is a good word to use so depression of course is a very serious disorder that can take a terrible toll on you and your family it often gets worse as if, if it isn't treated resulting in emotional behavioral and health problems that affect every area of your life yeah. so just some examples of complications associated with depression excessive weight or obesity which can lead to heart disease and diabetes Pain or physical illness, alcohol or drug misuse, anxiety, panic disorder, or social phobia, family conflicts, relationship difficulties, and work or school problems, social social isolation, suicidal feelings, suicide attempts, or suicide, self-mutilation, such as cutting, and premature death from medical conditions. So that is the overview of depression. I know it's kind of hard to talk about, um, but it is very important to know because if somebody, you know, reaches out to you and they're dealing with symptoms of depression or anything like that it's yeah. very beneficial to have this information in order to, to kind of understand where they're coming from of and course. realize what's happening and so i would like to now kind of segue into talking about melancholic depression okay. it's a form of a major depressive disorder mm. uh, which presents with melancholic features so although melancholic depression used to be seen as a distinct disorder the apa no longer recognizes it as a separate mental illness Instead, melancholia is now seen as a specifier for MDD, which is major depressive disorder. That is, it's a subtype of major depressive disorder. Now, 
MDD is a significant mental health condition characterized by persistent and intense feelings of sadness and hopelessness. The disorder can affect many areas of life. Like Mm -hmm. I said earlier, work, school, relationships. It also may impact mood and behavior as well as various physical functions, sleep, and eating. Um, people with this disorder often lose interest in activities they've enjoyed, they once enjoyed and have trouble getting through the day. Mm -hmm. Occasionally they may also feel as if life isn't worth living. Now, the severity of the symptoms vary greatly from person to person. Some people experience traditional symptoms while others develop additional syndrome syndromes, such as melancholia and catatonia. Most symptoms can be managed with treatment, which may consist of medication and or talk therapy. Now, people with melancholic depression may experience symptoms of major depressive disorder, Those are the ones I said earlier. Persistent feelings of extreme sadness, loss of interest, lack of energy, feeling anxious, eating too much or too little, sleeping too much or too little, experiencing changes in body movement. Mm -hmm. For example, jiggling your leg when you didn't before, like I'm doing (laughs) right this second. (laughs) That's terrible. Uh, Difficulty concentrating, making decisions and remembering things, etc. They may also experience melancholic features of MDD, which include... Loss of pleasure in all or most daily activities, lack of reactivity to positive news and events, Mm. deep feelings of despair and worthlessness, sleep disruptions, significant weight loss, persistent feeling of excessive or inappropriate guilt, and symptoms of MDD that are worse in the morning, which I thought was interesting. Mm. Maybe because, well, they always say take a pregnancy test early in the morning because that's when your hormones are at the highest. Yeah, that's true. So I'm wondering if that's just like your chemical levels are like balanced at that point. Yeah. Well, because your body is at most at rest. So, yeah. yeah. Now, melancholic features are more likely to occur in people who frequently experience severe symptoms of MDD. They are also seen more often in those who have MDD with psychotic features. Hmm. So when someone does show signs of depression and melancholia, the diagnosis is major depressive disorder with melancholic features. In hmm. order to make this diagnosis, a doctor will usually ask some of the following questions. Oh, okay. Do you have... These difficult- are always interesting. Yes. Do you have difficulty getting out of bed and getting started in the morning? You can answer. Yeah, but it's usually because I stay up really late. <laughs> <laughs> Are your symptoms generally worse in the morning or in the evening? In the morning. How do you sleep? If I sleep... Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, I usually, like, I don't know. It depends. Mm-hmm. It depends on my day. Has I wouldn't there... say that's consistent enough to be able to yeah. like, give you a direct answer. Has there been a change in your sleep patterns? Yes. What does a typical day look like for you? You don't have to answer that. Um, has your daily routine... It's a long walk on a beach. Yeah. Has your daily routine changed recently? Yeah, but life. Yeah. And do you enjoy the same things you once did is another question that they would ask. I mean, I feel like it's constantly evolving. Yeah. <laughs> so I have very vague answers for any doctor right. that would ask me those questions. And you're like, can you use it in a sentence, please? <laughs> yeah. Um, so MDD is often treated with newer antidepressants, such as selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or SSRIs. All right. These include well-known medications, such as, I'm going to butcher these names, uh, Fluxetine, which is Prozac, Tylopram, Celexia, or Paroxetine, which is Paxil. However, many people who have MDD with melancholic features may respond better to older antidepressants, such as the triclinic antidepressants, or monoamine oxidized inhibitors. Ooh, I killed that. Nice. <laughs> as well as serotonin non-reaphrin reuptake inhibitors, such as Velinfexine, or Effexor is the brand. Uh, so these medications help and inhibit the breakdown of serotonin in the brain, resulting in higher amount of those, quote, feel-good chemicals. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's what um, acid does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sometimes certain atypical antipsychotics, such as Abilify, may be used to augment the effects of antidepressants. So there's a lot of different ways to treat this. So uh, this is one of those disorders 
where if you're feeling signs and symptoms of this, like the best option is to speak with somebody about it in order to, you know, take steps because this is not something that goes away on its own. And I think a lot of people also, you, you know, like I just gave you a bunch of really vague answers, right? Now, if I, if I don't discuss my sleep patterns or I don't discuss my daily activities with someone, how am I supposed to know that they're abnormal? Exactly. And I feel like I, I really do do that. Like I, I feel like, oh, it's just my depression or whatever, you know, and which I know it probably is, but (laughs) because sometimes tears just seep out of my eyeballs, but I feel like I justify it to myself sometimes that I think that it's normal Mm -hmm. until I realize it's not normal. But how many other, like, warning signs did I miss before it became abnormal to me? Exactly. So, Yeah. yeah. Now, um, in addition to medication, talk therapy is commonly used to treat people who have MDD with melancholic features. A combination of these two treatment methods is usually more effective than either approach on its own. And, of course, talk therapy involves meeting with a therapist on a regular basis to discuss, you know, certain things. I looked up some celebrities that have depression. All of them. Yeah. No. So, with major depressive disorder and things like that, um, it's not very prevalent among killers, especially as the forward-presenting diagnosis or, or you know, disorder. Um, it's it's kind of overshadowed by other disorders, um, you know, the psychotic personality disorders, things like that. But I do have some celebrities, like I had last time. I have a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> this is probably my favorite part about doing this mental mm-hmm. breakdown is talking about celebs because yeah. it literally and i say this every time it puts in perspective you know people are mm-hmm. struggling with these things and you just never know now my first on my list uh Dwayne the rock johnson oh yeah. maui <laughs> yes he uh was opened up about depression recently and said quote struggle and pain is real um he actually saved his mother from a suicide attempt when he was 15 <gasps> oh my gosh so that's, you can talk about hereditary stuff Seriously. right there, right? And so he's also noted as saying, quote, depression never discriminates. Took me a long time to realize it, but the key is to not be afraid to open up. Especially us dudes have a tendency to keep it in. You're not alone. Mm. Okay, that's nice. I, I know. That. I love that. Um, so my second one is Katy Perry. Mm-hmm. Uh, she shared her struggles with depression in an emotional session um, on The Therapist. She said that she opened up because she wants her fans to see her true self and she's quoted as saying, if people can see that I'm just like them, they can dream just as big. Hmm. Right? Isn't that cool? I want her Ankh shoes. Have you seen those no. sandals? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I need a pair. They're so cute. John Hamm. He said he's been open about his bouts with depression and says it was particularly rough after his father died when he was in college. He was quoted as saying, we live in a world where to admit anything negative about yourself is seen as a weakness when it's actually a strength. It's not a weak move to say I need help. Yeah. Lady Gaga. Uh, she said she's dealt with both anxiety and depression. I know that I mentioned her on the other mm-hmm. mental breakdown. And she said that, uh, quote, if we share our stories and stick together, we're stronger. Michael Phelps was on here. Okay. Yeah. So he said that he sat alone in his bedroom for three to five days, quote, not wanting to be alive. And he knew that he needed help. After he sought treatment and started talking about his feelings, he said, quote, life became easy. And now he understands that, quote, it's okay not to be okay. Aww. I have goosebumps yeah. and I've had them this whole time. Kristen Bell is also on here. I mentioned her in the last mental breakdown. She says, quote, there's nothing weak about struggling with mental illness. Uh, she went public to try to shed more light on the disorder and ease the stigma around mm-hmm. it. Bruce Springsteen is on here as well. (laughs) 
I know. Jersey boy. <laughs> he said he had bouts of depression in his 60s that lasted for a long time. And he was quoted as saying, it's like this thing that engulfs you. I got to where I didn't want to get out of bed. Um, it said, he said it didn't affect his work and his wife's strength and love were key. She'd say, quote, you're going to be okay. Maybe not today or tomorrow, but it's going to be all right. Mm. And he also got help for his condition from therapy and medication. Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow, she shined a light on postpartum depression when she opened up about her five-month battle after the birth of her second child, mm. Moses. She said, quote, I felt like a zombie. I couldn't access my heart. I couldn't access my emotions. I couldn't connect. Uh, she said that she also dealt with c clinical depression, too, after her father died in 2002. Oh, wow. That's my Margot Tannenbaum. I love her. <laughs> uh, J.K. Rowling. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the woman behind Harry Potter. She said her dark moods uh, even inspired her series, soul-sucking creatures known as Dementors. <laughs> uh, quote, it's Gosh, so difficult. that makes so much right? sense. <laughs> quote, it's so difficult to describe depression to someone who's never been there because it's not sad but it's that cold absence of feeling, the really hollowed out feeling. Yeah. Cheryl Crow, she battled depression even before she faced down breast cancer and a benign brain tumor. Wow. I didn't know that she had that. She said, quote, I have a strong sense of melancholy. Uh, I played piano at an early age out of a need to feel something is what she wow. said. Wow. That's incredible. Right. Terry Bradshaw, the Terry NFL Bradshaw. Hall of Famer. Um, he said that he believes he had depression for years, but he wasn't diagnosed and treated until the late 90s. Hmm. He now shares his story, hoping to reduce the stigma surrounding mental illness and is quoted as saying, I thought maybe I could help people with awareness, help men get the strength and courage. Yeah. I, I think that's really more. big. Like, like you said, more women seek help, I think, because more I guess we're vulnerable about their yeah, emotions. More, yeah. I feel like maybe it's because women are allowed socially express their emotions yeah. more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for a man, it's like, no, like, they think that they can fix it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, Buzz Aldrin. Mm -hmm. uh, it says, even walking on the moon couldn't stop Buzz Aldrin from feeling low. His sudden fame after the 1969 moon landing led to his divorce, plus problems with alcohol and depression. He said that unhappiness runs in his family. His mother and maternal grandfather suffered from the disease to the point of both sadly having committed suicide. Oh, that's so hard. Uh, he sought treatment and became chairman of the National Mental Health Association. Wow, good right? for him. That's amazing. He's, he's how old is he? He is alive and kicking at 91 years old. Wow. His birthday is actually in January. He's January 20th. He's an ooh, Aquarius. Ooh. I know he's so close to me, though, on the yeah. 10th. Now, uh, Wayne Brady, who I love. I love Wayne Brady. Oh, my God. Um, he described his experience um, in 2014, quote, you don't want to move. You can't move in the darkness. He opened up in an effort to stop the double standard in Hollywood, he said, where it seems more acceptable to admit to a drug problem than clinical depression. Oh, man. That is so intuitive. Woof. Like, that is so true. Right? Uh, Jim Carrey. Oh, I love I Jim know. Carrey. I love him, too. He opens up about taking antidepressants and leads a very clean spiritual life. He is quoted as saying, I rarely drink coffee. I'm very serious about no alcohol, no drugs. Life is too beautiful. I e want to cry. E He's so sweet. Beautiful. Uh, and Robin Williams, of course, uh, we all yeah. know. Um, it was a very big shock in 2014 when he ultimately committed suicide. Mm. He had actually been diagnosed with Parkinson's and oh, wow. uh, had a history with depression, substance and alcohol abuse. Mm -hmm. And he may have actually had a form of dementia, it says. Really? So in 2006, he described his highs and lows uh, and as, as quoted as saying, do I perform sometimes in a manic style? Yes. Am I manic all the time? No. Do I get sad? Oh, yeah. Does it hit me hard? Oh, yeah. Mm. And that, like, really hurts my heart. Oh, I know. I love... Ugh. Love you, Robin. I know. Like, such a joy taken from the world. Yeah. 
Uh, and last but not least, Abraham Lincoln. Oh, Mrs. Lincoln. Yes. The schizophrenia. Oh, she was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. So, and they probably had a hell of a time clin- as a clinical couple. depression. Wow. Right? So he was quoted as saying, if what I feel were equally distributed to the whole human family, there would not be one cheerful face on the earth. Ooh, I got chills. Same. He wrote a law partner in 1841 and said, quote, whether I shall ever be better, I cannot tell. He relied heavily on friends, family, and trusted a, a trusted doctor to see him through his darkest times. Other historical figures who reportedly wrestled with depression include Ernest Hemingway, Winston Churchill, psychoanalyst Sigmund Freud, Ugh. and General William T. Sherman. But the fa- that quote, if what I feel were equally distributed to the whole human family, there would not be one cheerful face on earth. Isn't that heavy? That's haunting. That is so haunting. The thought. What a horrible feeling. That has to be such a dark feeling. Like, just a helpless feeling. When you I talk cannot, about helplessness. I cannot even, I, like, I can't even put myself there. I would not wish that on, on my worst enemy. Seriously, yeah. that is a horrible feeling. And the thing is, is that that's where depression becomes scary because you can be depressed. You can have clinical depression, um, have suicidal thoughts and tendencies. When you get that, when you reach that feeling of hopelessness, that's, that's scary. Yeah. That being said, I would like to mention suicide prevention. Just a little note. If you find yourself in a position where you think somebody is at immediate risk of self-harm or hurting other people, you should immediately call 911 or your local emergency number. You should stay with that person until help arrives uh, remove any guns, knives, medication, or any other things that may cause harm. Listen, but don't judge, argue, threaten, or yell. And if you think someone is considering suicide, uh, get help from a crisis or suicide prevention hotline. So the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. And you can call that number at any time of the day, 24-7. So, yeah. of course, to our LGBTQIA to us plus community um we also have the trevor project it is 24 7 that you can call this number the number is 866-488-7386 it's very unfortunate the number of people that are experiencing this i mean currently like daily you know and Mm -hmm. and uh you know nothing is ever worth taking your life over it's just not yeah and it might feel like that is the only option but it's not Mm -hmm. it's a bad day it's not a bad life i always like to say that yeah i think even with these these phone numbers they'll actually place you with a counselor as well okay cool and and if you're like me and you have anxiety about being on the phone with someone Mm -hmm. that weirds me out i know trevor project and if i'm not entirely mistaken i think national suicide hotline also has chat options so you can text or okay cool yeah Yeah. or just message online so yeah if you find yourself in a position where you can't afford um health care or you know mental health care if you are enrolled in college uh i'm pretty sure most colleges at least in texas i'm not sure about the u.s they offer free uh student yeah i actually looked that up for alamo colleges this week for myself yeah they offer Um, free they do have yeah and they're they generally have a male and a female counselor whoever you feel comfortable with of course yeah and they also have little bios of the them as well so you can see where they've worked what they do what they enjoy things like that yeah kind of get to know them before you ever reach out yeah (laughs) and then (laughs) if you wanted to um and then of course email them there's a whole team of people for just san antonio college um, so I'm sure there's a huge team of people for every college campus. Yes, there's absolutely. like these sub 
there's a list of like six or seven people after the two main counselors that mm-hmm. they can also just with um if you need help with just talking to someone yeah. or fellowship of some kind they also have groups available yeah absolutely even yeah. in high school high school counselors they're licensed mm-hmm. for, for that stuff you know right. they use use your resources even at work a lot of places if you go to hr and you and you express something to them they might be able to help you with something yeah, it's for sure. it's the biggest thing for me is that do not ever, ever feel like you are going to be burdening somebody by talking about that. Right. The first step is to talk about it and right. to confront it head on, you know? So especially me, if any of my close friends are listening, you are never, ever going to bother me with that stuff. You can't. I also came across a really awesome YouTube channel. I know this one's a little silly, but it's called The School of Life. Okay. And there are I mean, two or three episodes or shows and, and it's all different types of topics about relationships and intimate ones and friendships and family relationships and, um, just introspective stuff. I watched two and I cried watching both, (laughs) (laughs) but because it hit so hard and like, it really gave me like a lot of insight into the way that I might be feeling and yeah. how I'm feeling. And it was really cool. It's it, called The School of Life. Okay. And we'll put that on in the YouTube. show notes too. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool stuff. And there's all different types of topics on there. If you just want to listen to someone else talk yeah. for a second, it was actually really, re- really rewarding. Yeah. So. Well, I know that this was a kind of a harder mental breakdown to talk about and to listen to, so I appreciate everybody kind of sticking through. And again, you are never alone. You have so many reasons to live and you have so many resources that you you can reach out to. So right. just please remember that we love all of you. We love you guys. <laughs> All right. Anything else you got? No, that's it. All right. Well, in the meantime, we will be coming back next week with a brand new case because we are done with that motherfucker Randy Crift. (laughs) And in the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Diagnosing a Killer. We also have a Twitter set up at Killer Diagnosis. You can subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash diagnosing a killer, or you can send us an email and chat with us if you'd like, diagnosing a killer at gmail.com. We are on Spotify, Buzzsprout, anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and yeah, we'll see you soon. See you guys next week. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.